everybody. Welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast. Hope you all are doing well. I'm your host today, Kevin. Uh, just had so much fun recording this most recent episode that we did, so I thought, why not do another one and bring some uh, some extra help, the big guns in. Uh, we're going to talk about some Scream 6, and uh, I've got one returning guest and one new guest that uh, doesn't feel like a new guest because we've been talking for so long, but... Uh, would like to welcome my guest today. I would like to welcome back the Scream expert, uh, Tyler Hansen of Scream the, Scream the Fan Favorite. Tyler, welcome back. Well, thank you for having me. Of course. And then we've got Michael, the host of We Love Horror, another podcast that actually interviewed Harley and Tyler back in October when, uh, when the crowdfunding was going on for Scream the Fan Favorite. Michael, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Of course. I, like I said, you don't feel like a new guest. I feel like we've been talking so much that it's like, why has he not been on the show yet? So, <laughs> <laughs> I know we've been planning it for a really, really <laughs> long time. And also, I must say, like, um, I also have to thank Tyler and Harley because like having them on my show also introduced me to not only you, but to James from I Was a Teenage Film Snob. So we just like all of us just became like a tight knit group of friends now. Like we have Tyler and Harley mm-hmm. and James and you, and it's great. So thank you guys for oh yeah, <laughs> bringing likewise. us to, bringing us together. So yeah, likewise. And uh, both of you have been up to big stuff. James, you're still killing it with uh, uploading episodes. Tyler, you guys just dropped the Scream the Fan favorite uh, teaser trailer, and uh, man, what a great trailer that was! I know. So congratulations, you guys. Thank you. I'm so yeah. glad that it's finally out there. Yep. How how does that uh, feel to now have that out in the world? It feels, I mean, we've been working on the trailer since January, so it feels surreal to finally have it out there. But also, I didn't realize how, like, vulnerable it was going to feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but the response has been good, so. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's a great trailer, so... uh if you all listening have not seen it yet, I shared it on my uh, Instagram story before and on my Facebook. So please go check it out. Uh, it's a great trailer. Can't wait to see the film. And uh, Michael, I got to put you in the hot seat for a second because anytime we've got oh. a uh, we've got a new guest on the <laughs> on the show, we always got to put them in the hot seat. We did this with Harley and Tyler and all the new guests that we've had. So anytime it's your first appearance on Midnight Terrors, we got to ask you. What was your intro to horror like? And as my co-host would normally say, what movies fucked you up? Oh, <laughs> what movies fuck? Okay, so my intro to horror, like, I always tell this story on my podcast, so I'm glad I'm telling it on another person's podcast so my listeners aren't sick to death of hearing me say it. <laughs> but my first, well, I guess my first, like, dip into horrors, I would always, like, as a little kid, I'd watch you know, I'd walk into the room and have see my dad watching like stuff on TV. And I just remember like my first, like talking about something that fucked me up. Um, probably Zelda from Pet Cemetery was one of my first earliest memories. Cause I Oof. remember seeing her on the TV while my dad was watching. And I just remember that scene where she's like, I'll twist your back. So you can never walk again or whatever. I just remember seeing that as a kid and like, just being absolutely like terrified. It was mm-hmm. so scary. Um, and then like my first film that my parents allowed me to watch was the ring I think that was like the most tame movie that they were, they let me watch at that age that I was at. Um, but like what really catapulted me into horror was watching the grudge in theaters when it came out in 2004, I went and saw that with my dad and that just like catapulted my love of horror, but also film as well. Cause I was just like <laughs> obsessed with like, I would make little after that movie, I would make little home, like 
movies with a video like a little video camera my parents bought me for my birthday that year so I was just like obsessed ever since but yeah that's my intro and then like movies that really fucked me up like over the years probably like just well most recently um I don't know if either one of you have seen the sadness yet but that for some reason that movie really you were you talking about that on your the joint episode you did with James yeah yeah, I heard you talking about that and I didn't even look it up. I was like, that sounds like not my not my vibe. <laughs> it, it it's a it's a rough movie. It's it's a I I can't remember if it's a Vietnamese film or if it's an Indone- Indonesian film. I can't remember. Um but it's just it's a really fucked up movie and I just was like, no, I can't. <laughs> um Yeah. Whew. So yeah. Yeah, that um I have been hearing a lot about that one, and uh, I'm sure it'll make my way, make its way to my eyeballs at some point. But uh, I've heard it's uh, not the most pleasant thing in the world, so we will, uh, <laughs> we will, we will see. But you actually hit uh, two important points with me and my co-host because original Pet Cemetery Zelda was that was it for him with uh, with his early <laughs> days of horror, and then The Grudge yeah. for me was one of my two. The other one being the 1990 version of It that. Uh, that broke yeah. us emotionally and you know made us into the <laughs> the horror loving people that we are now. Um, yep. So that's awesome. So I'm I'm glad that you uh, had those uh, traumatic experiences that gave us the great <laughs> podcast that you have now. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that was the weirdest way that I could possibly phrase that, but it's all good. I think it really helped with my psychosocial development to be raised up on horror films. I think mm. I think I grew up just fine. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. and then uh tyler real quick before we dive into uh scream six has any whenever we have a returning guest we usually talk about if they've seen anything that's kind of really stuck with them lately anything that you've seen uh in recent memory that uh has kind of stuck with you from uh just anything that you've watched recently um oh that's a why does that feel like such a hard question right now (laughs) I have seen Scream Six so much recently. <laughs> that, that's uh, that's all that's in my head. Um, wait, let me look at my. I'm like, I know I've seen more movies, right? <laughs> this year has been so busy, though. I'm not. I'm not off to uh, my <laughs> usual. All right, I'm looking at my AMC A list. <laughs> And I mean, in your in your defense, Tyler, there's been a lot of movies coming out in the last year and a half. Oh, so. for sure, yeah. <laughs> there have I I will say I think the one that has really stood out to me um, that I just like went in not really knowing anything about it, um, and it was a very beautiful, simple movie. Was of an age. Have you all heard of it? Uh huh. I've heard of it. I haven't seen. Yeah, it, I though. think I think so. I haven't seen it. An Australian film. And uh, the story is just it. The uh, the mo- the majority of the story takes place in one night, and then it's like a jump forward ten years. Um, but it's just it's the there's nothing extravagant about the story. It's very simple, um, but the acting and the writing are just a, a plus. Awesome! I will definitely nice. have to add that to uh, the list as well for sure. Of an age yeah. is what it was called. Um, Awesome. Whew, there's a lot, a lot of stuff I'm not seeing. I'm seeing all the popular stuff. I haven't seen anything that's been <laughs> under the radar 
under the radar yet. I've been all about, uh, we just dropped an episode on it today as we're recording this. Our new episode was on the movie Megan, and uh, that's probably been uh, love, uh, you know, some other stuff that's come out, And uh, but Megan's probably the one I've gone back to. I just watched the unrated version a few nights ago, and uh, it's a fun one. What's that, Tyler? I haven't seen the unrated version yet. Oh, it was... I- I thought it was so much fun. It was. Exactly- I love Megan. Right. You know, I yeah. I feel like uh, all of us were expecting to not like that movie because you're like a oh, PG-13 Blumhouse. And then it came out and everyone's like, wow, this is actually like <laughs> really, really fun and funny and campy and just such a such a fun watch. And yeah, I think I've seen it three times now. Megan's an awesome movie. <laughs> Yeah, I I haven't like there's very few times that movies like make me like outwardly chuckle in the theater. And then there was <laughs> there was one specific moment in Megan that I remember specifically me and my friend were dying and we were the only ones in the theater that thought this was funny for some reason. But it's the part where they go to the um they go to the park thing with all the other kids, mm-hmm. like the outdoor thing. And the mom comes up to the car and Megan's sitting there. And she's like, oh, who is this? And then Megan turns her head and she goes, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was so funny to me and my friend. I yep. don't know why, but we just like thought that was hilarious because it was just so good. Like her acting in that part was just one so fucking good. It was yeah. so funny. Oh, that's a- <laughs> Hell yeah, that's amazing. Um, I yeah. will say one thing that I did go to the one night screening that it had. I did see Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey in a theater, <laughs> which was, what? um, what's that? What do you think? Um, it was, uh, it was definitely an interesting watch. Um, I definitely think it needs to be seen. I recognize it's not going to be for everybody because, you know, a lot of people didn't like th- what the property had been turned into, but I thought it was an interesting, um, interesting slasher and a take on it. And it was cool to see this little indie film get a big, like, wide theatrical release too which was awesome so it was uh it definitely was something new and something creative so and i guess there's a sequel coming so we will see what what happens with that um, okay so yeah oh, i do want to say um the last horror movie that i saw it just came out in theaters this weekend uh, it's called malum <gasps> i was just gonna talk oh about that. yes saying, yeah. my um i went to the premiere one of my friends is in it and Talk about a nightmare, like in in the best way. It is the pacing is ridiculous. It's so much fun. It's relentless. It's so gory and bloody, and I, I truly legit. I edge of your seat. Yeah, I'm I so I'm so excited. Likewise, it's, I I actually hadn't seen anything about that until I saw your post, Tyler. So I I am all over that the first chance I get. Yeah, let me know what you think. It's 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 a wild ride. I'm bummed because um, Anthony, I actually am friends with Anthony because I did a like interview with him like way back. I think it was like my first year on my podcast. I did an interview for his last shift movie, like the original film before he. Yeah, I did. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so like he invited me to the premiere and I was like, I can't go. I have to work because it was like literally the week of. And I was like, if you guys if you guys would have come to me like two weeks ago, I probably could have. But I get it. Like it's busy and he probably didn't like have time to like reach out. But I was like, oh, I wish I could have gone. I was so bummed because I would have met Tyler, too. I I didn't know that. I didn't know that you went to the premiere, Tyler. Yeah, Harley and I went together, actually. That's super cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so spread the word to the listeners. If you have not seen that, definitely go check it out when as soon as you can, because it looks amazing. Um, 
So I guess uh, without further ado, uh, the reason that we're here today is uh, probably the biggest horror release that has happened this year, uh, Scream 6. Um, I I think we uh, this was probably one of definitely R3's uh, most anticipated releases of the year. Um, and it's done really well at the box office. And there's definitely a lot of thoughts flying around out there. I'm in yeah. a whole Ghostface fanatic group on Facebook where people are constantly talking about it. And uh, just a heads up to everybody listening, the movie's been out for almost a month, so there are going to be spoilers everywhere. So if you have not seen it, please don't listen to this and ruin it for you. I don't know why. I don't know what the fun. All the screen movies are good, but the best part is always getting to, to the reveal of the killers. So like, don't spoil that for yourself. So um that's your spoiler warning. So we're going to do a deep dive into Scream 6. And uh, I want to start by kind of going back a little bit. What was everybody's hype going into Scream 6? I know that uh, Scream 5, you know, dominated the box office last year and was a huge comeback for the franchise. So what did you two think of Scream 5 and what was your hype going into uh, Scream 6? Tyler, why don't we why don't we start with you? Um, I mean, I really, really love Scream 5 when I saw it. Uh, I thought it was kind of the perfect way to bring the franchise back. Um, and it really held true to, like, the rules of a requel. Um, and, you know, like, I, I think it was three weeks after it came out was when they announced Scream 6 was going to uh, go into production, like, ASAP. And um, I, I kind of know... Well, I do know one of the guys at Radio Silence and we see each other occasionally. And um, I remember my hype started for Scream 6 around March of last year, right before they left to go to Montreal, because he he was like, the only thing I can tell you is um, it's an opening scene you've never seen before. And I was like, oh, OK. So it started the hype started building and then um once they got back from filming, we caught up and he, you know, he didn't give me any spoilers, but he talked to me a little bit about the process and um, what filming was like. And just the idea of it being set in New York, I I was like, OK, I think they're going to try and match the energy of New York, which by the sixth installment, like, I mean, it kind of gets ridiculous at this point if you look at any other. Franchise, right. So I was like, but the good thing is. Scream is very grounded in how it tells its stories. So I was so curious how they were going to like meet that like New York city vibe. Um, and then when that teaser came out in December, I was like, Oh my gosh, the subway. Oh <laughs> man. I would love, I would love to film like a slasher scene on a subway. And that's just so cool. Um, and yeah, then when the trailer came out, I remember they released, I think it was on maybe Twitter or something, clean up on aisle one and aisle 19. And I was like, ah, oh, the trailer's going to come out January 19th. And so the night of January 18th, I like stayed up till midnight, hoping it was going to drop at midnight. It did not. I kept waking <laughs> up hour until it finally dropped at 6 a.m. Pacific time or 5 a.m. Pacific time. I forgot which one. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is this. And when Ghostface says I'm something different in the trailer, I was like, oh, chills. I'm just I'm ready for <laughs> it. Um, and yeah, I 
I, I overall, I'll just say for right now, like I was kind of blown away by it. Oh yeah. Um, have some thoughts, but very, it, it lived up to the hype that I had built up for it. For sure. And I, uh, I agree with you on that. I was pretty blown away by it as well. I was pretty much, uh, right there with you. I thought that, um, Scream 5 was a, was a great comeback for the franchise. And I felt like, um, you know, looking back, like Scream 4 going back a little farther was, was the initial return of the franchise. And for whatever reason at that time, it just, um, it didn't stick with people the way that Scream 5 did. Um, yeah, and weirdly, I think Scream 4 was like a little bit ahead of its time. I feel like it's aged kind of the best out of all of them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 And uh, so I guess, you know, maybe looking back in, you know, 2011 when Scream 4 came out, maybe that's just weren't that wasn't where we were as a as a genre with horror. You know, like slashers weren't really a thing anymore. It was all ghosts and you know, possession movies, which was great, but like, you know, the art of the slasher was pretty much lost and that was like a novelty thing at that time. Um, yeah. So Scream 5 hit a nerve with people and I feel like it was a great return to form for the franchise. Even though I love Scream 4, Scream 5 did what it needed to do to get us to where we are now with Scream 6 and I was very impressed with Scream 6 as well and uh, I'm excited to to dive deeper into it. So Michael, let's... uh. Let's go to you. What was your uh, what was your hype level? What did you think of Scream Five? Uh, what were your thoughts going into Scream Six? Um, so for starters, I'm glad you guys brought up Four because, like, I'm <laughs> I, as happy as I am for the success of these last two movies. I'm like, what about Four? Justice for Scream Four because I feel like Scream Four unjustly got like shit on at the box, not only at the box office but critically as well. And I'm glad that like now, as Tyler said, like it's aging better, so people are like turning onto it more now like in this day and age but tyler's exact like so right it was so ahead of its time it was like five years ahead of its time like if scream 4 would have come out in like 2016 at the rise of freaking like tiktok and like <laughs> and uh <laughs> what was that vine and shit like mm -hmm. it would have been a different story but like jill's motive was like <laughs> 10 years ahead of its time which is crazy but um as far as scream 5 i think for me like i i really enjoy scream 5 but I will say it's my least favorite of the franchise. And I think it's only because like I was going into Scream 5 expecting them to do a lot of different things. And they did a lot of different things for Scream 5. I'm not I'm not going to deny that. They did a lot of things that were really cool and really different. But I think for me, Scream 5, it wasn't disappointing. I don't like to use the word disappointing because it didn't disappoint me. I just kind of felt a little underwhelmed, kind of. Like I was like, okay, like there weren't like... For me, there weren't enough like chase sequences. There weren't enough um, suspenseful moments for me. It just kind of like the pacing was way too fast for me personally. Like I felt like the back half of the movie when they're at Stu's house, I was just like, I just felt like that went like blink of an eye and it was gone. Like I just felt like the final acts of all these films, I feel like take a long time and they build up and build up. And I just thought it felt like this one was like, it came and went, but with scream six, I was like, they did everything that I was wanting them to do for scream five and more like scream six was like, Oh my God, it was so good. I loved it. I have, I have a couple of issues with it, but we'll get into it when we actually get into like the full discussion. But I, I loved scream six. I was like, there were moments and this hasn't happened to me in a long time, but there were moments when I was like sitting next to my friend and I was like, 
grabbing his like arm because there were some moments where i was like oh my god this is intense and that 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 barely happens to me nowadays because like i'm just you know we're so desensitized so it's hard to feel you know super intense about certain stuff but i just i really liked it i i enjoyed it a lot i thought it was so different from like all like there was they did some things that i've never seen in a scream film so i was like oh i love this so absolutely yeah it is a uh it's a game changer without a doubt, you know, love it or hate it for anyone that's seen it. It is, it's what the franchise needed to keep going. And if they decide to keep going um, with it, the, the rules, so to speak, have, uh, have changed at this point. So Scream 6, game, game changer, great movie. And uh, now we can, you know, again, spoiler alert, if you're listening, we're going to do the deep dive. And uh, what better place to start than the opening scene? You know, Scream is notorious for its opening uh, kills and setting up the the tone of the movie right away. So we've got this opening kill here with, um, I'm really blanking on her name, so I'm hoping one of you remember. What is the actress? Samara Weaving. Samara Weaving from Ready or Not. And uh, we've got her hanging out at this uh, restaurant slash bar. She gets lured into an alley from her... Uh, like a like a tinder date that she hasn't met and uh she's our opening kill here but it goes in a different direction so so what did you guys think of this uh this opening scene and the the misdirect of uh what we thought was going to be a ghost face reveal right away i i loved it i thought i was like holy shit i remember like my initial reaction like because you know they always do the whole like oh stab up you know slice and then it goes into like the opening credits thing so i assumed that was what was going to happen i was like okay he just killed samara weaving we're going to go into like the scream six opening title thing and it didn't happen and then he goes to like take the mask off and i was like what is going on i turned to my friend and i was like what is happening and I'm like, oh my god, are we getting like the reveal of Ghostface in the first five minutes? And I don't know how I felt about it at the time. I was like, I kind of was like, okay, if this is the route they're going, like, okay, I'll go along with this. But I'm almost going to kind of be disappointed if we're going to get like already like a full Ghostface reveal and we're going to follow him the whole movie, which kind of would have been interesting. But I'm like, I always like the Ghostface reveals at the end, but I loved the way they did it in this one because then it keeps going. Like he goes to his apartment and he's like putting the mat i like how he had put the mask on like the little uh head because he had like other setups and stuff in his apartment i thought that was really cool and i loved the whole because we've never gotten um like a monologue from a ghost face of how it felt to kill somebody we always get like a we always get like an opening you know we always get like the motive scene where they're explaining why they did it but we've never gotten like a full scene of like someone sitting down and it being like oh yeah it felt you know this type of way that was just really cool to me i was like wow this is so different and i will say like i love that they use samara weaving for the opening kill but i'm almost kind of bummed because i'm like she could have brought so much to this fucking franchise if they would have kept her long because <laughs> she's samara weaving seriously has one of the best screams i've ever heard in my entire life i was like holy shit like when she's getting killed and she's like just screaming her lungs out i was like damn i think I was she was like, the least for sam she what? I think she was the original choice for Sam. Oh, oh that would have really? been interesting. Yeah, yeah. That, that definitely would have been a different um different take. I, I feel like 
you know, so they always with Scream, they always want to kind of do what they did with Drew Barrymore, where it's a big known person. And I kind of like that they chose Samara Weaving as the opening death because she's known as like this strong female character because of Ready or Not. So to have her taken out, you're like, even though she's not playing that character, it's like, oh, this ghost face is uh, like, like you said, Tyler, in the trailer, something different. And uh, I felt right away how intense this movie was going to be when um, Ghostface does the monologue and says, you know, it felt, uh, you know, it was like she was like a piece of meat. And then the more I stabbed her, the more, the less she became a person and was more just this thing that I could do whatever to. And it's just like, oh, this is a much more serious than what we've seen Ghostface do. Um, But I've seen, you know, people say that they wish that they had gone the route of not telling us who Ghostface is, but at least we see his face throughout the film and then follow that. Um, Tyler, what were your thoughts on, on this? Um, So, when when it was happening in the theater, like like watching it for the first time, um, and you know she is on the phone with him. I I recognized it. I recognized the voice as Tony Revolori's voice on the phone, and I kind of like. I, I'll just I'll just say this. Um, after after you guys see my scream film. I will send you the opening scene that I wrote for my sequel um, because it's about 92% the same. Oh, wow. <laughs> Shit. So I started like feeling kind of how, what, what was going to happen. And then, you know, after he stabs her in the alley, which was like just so brutal. Um, and, you know, he does like the signature slash and then it just stays on him. I was like, yeah, we're going to find out who Ghostface is right now. Um, and I, I just really, really liked it. I, I think following him and seeing him interact with Tara at the beginning and then like going home and it was just like a putting you in the POV of what it is like when one of these killers like is starting his spree. Like it's a very interesting take. Um, and I really liked kind of like. I mean, when when he's talking about you know she was like an animal and then meat, you see her at the beginning when he's like, "Can I call?" and she's like, "She's like, ooh," she gets like a little nervous because there is this fear that I'm definitely more on women that they feel on these like you know blind dates. It's like I'm gonna be going out with a killer. I don't know, so I'm gonna share my location with my friends and. Um, and he was talking about how she was just meat. I thought it was a very interesting, like, commentary on also weirdly like dating in this time. Like, it's all like Tinder and Hinge and Flirter from Scream Six. Um, <laughs> and then once he got the once Tony got the call, once he was back in his apartment, um, you know, leading up until his death. And when Ghostface says, who gives a fuck about movies? This is kind of what I was really hoping for. I was like, I don't want this movie to be about the stab movies. Like we've been about the stab movies since scream two. We need to get away from that. Like it needs to be, it needs to go back to its roots of being like a slasher and not necessarily trying to like make a new movie. Um, 
And so I thought it was a very, I thought it was a very strong opening. And I will say Samara, I think she's just so earnest and charming. And I truly have not felt sad, like, or this connected to like an opening kill since Drew Barrymore. Like I, mm-hmm. I just really loved her and rooted for her and felt so bad when she died. Like a few of the deaths in this movie, this is getting, uh, getting away from like the opening a little bit, but I think this movie, one of the, one of the reasons it succeeded so well for me is even the smaller parts and the characters that died early on, I just felt they built such a great world around them and cast such great actors that like, I truly felt bad when some of these people died. Oh yeah. Yeah. I haven't really felt that way since probably the original scream like eventually it just kind of becomes like you know who the body count's going to be and like in this you kind of knew who it was going to be but like they were still i don't know well-developed earnest genuine people and i i like teared up a few times watching them oh yeah. Die. <laughs> yeah yeah justice for annika because she was oh, oh, oh dude God. oh i loved her she Me was too. Yeah, her death scene in the the alley falling from the ladder, absolutely devastating. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that death scene, I'm in my theater, I've seen it twice in theaters. My theater was just in silence and complete and total shock every time. It's just like, oh, that's such a painful because you've got Mindy reaching her hand out and crying, Annika saying, I don't want to die, baby. And it's just like, oh, this is so awful. This and that yeah. leads to an important yeah. point. This is a vicious ghost face in this movie. Like he is out for some blood. You know, Samara Weaving's death. There multiple times are people stabbed like repeatedly throughout the the kills in here. And it's just like this ghost face is not fucking around. And um, you know, again, they do such a good job with the uh characters which brings me to a good point they were you know introduced in scream 5 but they've really become faces of the genre how do we feel about sam and uh tara with uh with the new scream films i mean i'm now i think i i don't think i was necessarily like 150% on board in scream 5 um, but you know, we still had Nev and I like, I'm just such like a Sydney Prescott, like has my heart forever. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely one of those. Um, but I just think that they were so well written and like, I think because Nev wasn't in this one, it gave a lot more time to, you know, the new characters and every like Mindy and Chad too, they were so much more well-rounded and like just very beautiful characters. Um, And I think Sam and Tara now is kind of like the co-leads of, you know, this new uh, Mark in the franchise. I'm, I'm here for it. And I think Melissa, Honestly, I think Melissa is kind of the standout performance of this one. Mm-hmm. She, she stole this movie for me, and I and Jenna stole five for me. Oh yeah, um, 
amazing. Like I'm not knocking her at all, but <laughs> did some very nuanced work in this one. And she's giving a very like difficult role to play. And I mean, she, I am like, I'm just, I'm here for her now. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I have the same, I have the same sentiments as Tyler does. I think Scream 5 was definitely Jenna Ortega's movie and Scream 6 is definitely freaking Melissa Barrera's movie because, oh my gosh, because I, so with Scream 5, I wasn't fully sure if I was on board with like Melissa Barrera. I didn't like despise her or anything. Like, I feel like she got an unwarranted amount of hate after Scream 5 came out and it is so like upsetting to see because there's that scene and I don't remember where I heard this. I might've heard this on a podcast or maybe an interview with radio silence or one of the, uh, like some of the cast and stuff like that. But that scene where they're all gathered around the table, right before the whole ladder scene, when they're talking and Melissa Barrera's or, uh, Sam's talking about how, like, she's just so tired of this. And like, they have kind of like that bonding moment. I think that was like from a place of like real life, because I think that's how Melissa Barrera was feeling after the first film came out. Cause she was getting so much like unsolicited hate People were like going after her saying that she was terrible. And it's like, she really wasn't that bad. But as Tyler stated before, I feel like she had a lot of shit put on her shoulders for this oh, yeah. role. Like she was just like thrust into this movie and I don't necessarily blame her for that. Like I thought she put on a really good performance. Do do I feel like Jenna Ortega kind of outacted Melissa Burr? Yes. In the first movie. Yeah. But like I said, I think that was more uh, Jenna Ortega's movie anyway. So it was like, um, but Scream, oh my gosh, she was so good in Scream 6. Like she, holy shit, like Melissa (laughs) Burr killed it in this movie. Like her acting was fantastic. I agree. The whole, my favorite moment is when right after um, Ethan, you know, gets killed and she gives freaking Quinn that like smirk while she's, oh my God, it was so good. Yeah, she's that, uh, mo- that scene lives rent free in my head all the time. I'm like, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so good. She is a badass in here. Um, I feel like with last year with Scream Five, it was just Jenna Ortega's year. I mean, she was a yeah. became a superstar overnight with the horror crowd between Wednesday and Scream and X. Um, little bit of role in Studio Six Six Six. I mean. She was just on fire, so she was the breakout star, absolutely. But I really thought that, I mean, I really felt for Sam here. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things with the Scream franchise that I always feel bad for with uh, with Sydney is that she never really did anything to deserve being in this, this constant stream of killers trying to go after her. Like, she can't help what happened with her mom, and right. she's just always thrust in there. And I feel like the same way with Sam. It's just like you know, being Billy Loomis's daughter. It's that you can't, <laughs> you can't fix that. You can't change that. And yeah. uh, the fact that she has to go through, even moving to a new city, she has to go through this intense hatred and having stuff thrown at her, being called a psycho, her therapist being afraid of her. It's just like, man, this is so awful for this character. But. She really yeah. comes into her own here in uh, in Scream 6, and she takes charge, man. <laughs> she soon as the first death happens, she says, we're out of New York City, even though the sheriff uh, won't let her leave. But um, yeah, she, she's great in here. And that ties into what I wanted to ask you to again was, 
you know, obviously the big thing was that Nev Campbell's not here this time. They do mention Sydney once the killings happen. It's revealed that she's taken her husband and kids into hiding. Did that affect your viewing at all, not having Nev in here this time around? Um, it would have if they didn't acknowledge her. Okay, yeah. yeah. I think, I I know there are people out there who are just such like, you know, huge Scream fans that they think that Nev isn't, like Sydney isn't needed anymore. And the thing is like, Sydney is the crux of this franchise. And even if she's not in the film, you have to acknowledge her. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I would have been, honestly, it would have changed my opinion greatly if she had not been um, mentioned. Mm-hmm. And it, the first time I saw it, it made me cry. And, you know, I got to thinking and I was like, I, I remember being so upset when I found out she wasn't coming back. And I was like, why wouldn't they pay her? Which, I mean, I still am. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but I, I was like, I, you know, I love Sydney so much. Why, why am I rooting so hard for her to come back and like run from Ghostface again? Mm-hmm. Like, let her, let her, let her sit well. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've always said. I'm always like, just let Sydney live her life. She's gone through enough. Just let her fucking like be happy. <laughs> and that's why, I, that's why I really liked, I just kind of touching back on five a little bit, but I really loved Sydney's role in five though. Very minimal, but like Sydney came back to hunt. Oh, like yeah. she was and if we see Nev again, that's what that's what I want. I don't want her because that's honestly um, that's my biggest one of my biggest problems with four is she's out there promoting a book about not being a victim. And she just falls right back into being a victim and scream Four, in my opinion. Sure. And um, I really liked the fire that she brought in five, mm-hmm. um, which carried over into this movie. Like I. I missed her, but you know, Mindy does say it in her rules where she's like who at a certain point, legacy characters become cannon fodder because you've, you've established such like a strong IP that it's just, it's ghost face now. Like, and I, as much as I hate to say this and she had an amazing chase scene but like story-wise gail kind of wasn't necessarily needed in this movie like there wasn't anything that added to her being there i mean i will watch her you know square up with ghostface any day i'm glad she was there (laughs) um that's kind of what i felt like with gail i was like it just it it didn't there was no like important tie into the story like it was with five yeah. Yeah, she definitely and I love Courtney Cox in this role. I've always loved seeing Gail. I just love how she's always putting people in their place with everything. Um, but yeah, she doesn't have an arc in this one like she does in the other the other movies, really. Um yeah. she's just very much here's the last remaining character from from the old days, because we don't have we don't have Dewey anymore. Nev's not here. Um Gail's the last piece and I feel like they kind of left it at the end of this one where she could either come back or not come back because like she did <laughs> she did get um pretty roughed up in this one and they're like well we've got a heartbeat she's okay 
but she could yeah. very well go the route of um of Sydney and just decide to be done with it. But yeah, she was a little extraneous in here, I will say. Um, her chase scene's very cool, and I love that yeah. she has a showdown with with Ghostface. But yeah, I agree with you. I've there wasn't too much of a reason for her to to be here. But I but I always do like seeing her. I do love that scene with her, Sam and <laughs> and Tara, where uh, Sam goes for the punch, and she says, "This isn't my first go around." And then Tara gets the punch from the side. You know that. That scene was that scene was great, but I also like you were saying how you don't feel like she has an arc in this movie. I also feel like, and this is my one of my first negatives with this movie is I don't like the fact that Radio Silence wrote Gail Weathers to be this tabloid, money hungry, per like. Granted, I love Gail and all. Gail's my favorite character of the entire franchise. Like she's above Sydney for me. I oh, love cool. Sydney, but Gail is my always my number one. I don't like that we got all this character development with the first five movies. Like I feel like Gail of all the characters aside from Sydney is the most well-rounded character. She's had the most like growth throughout the, like the franchise. And I just feel like with six, they took all that growth that she had and kind of brought her back to where she was in one again. Mm -hmm. And that for me took me out of it for a minute because I was like, I don't like this. I don't like that. Gail's like this tabloid, money hungry bitch again like and like sam's character even tells her in the movie she's like what would dewey think and it's like exactly like i don't i i don't believe that after dewey's death that she would do this like it just fell out of character for her at this point and i think for me like that kind of took me out with that scene in particular i did like the punch part but i also was like kind of thinking to myself i was like if they only did this so they could get that like huh you know, remember the first move or first two movies where she gets, but like, I was just like, I was like, if that's was a reason to get that in there, that's kind of a cheap reason to like get that. But uh, granted, I loved the punch scene. I remember yeah. being like, Oh fuck. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it bothered you guys as much as it bothered me, but I just kind of felt like all that character development with Gail and like the last five movies was like gone in an instant with them bringing her right back to how she was again. Cause it's like, yes, she's still reporting on the news. Like in five, she comes back to report on the murders again, but she's not like reporting on the murders just to make money and fame and shit like that. She was actually there because they asked her to be in this one. It just felt out of place. And I was just like, I don't like it. Yeah. She... Well, it... Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no, go ahead, Tyler. I was just gonna say, like, I will. I know with five, they cut out like in the edit, some lines that made Gail, Gail, um, and so we got a much softer Gail in five. Um, and I know that they really wanted to kind of like, I think what makes Gail such an interesting character is she's not always like the nice girl. Like she's got she's got vicious sides to her, which makes her a very well rounded hero to root for um and you know with i i do like how she and melissa were kind of talking about like parents and how gail was like my you know my mother was never there for me either and she has this this like such strong dying ambition to be successful that in my i can actually kind of see it happening in her losing the one person she's ever loved and like in order to cope, like going back to her roots and like trying to like occupy her mind and be like, this is what I'm good at. This is when I feel powerful. This is when, 
so like i'm getting like very psychological and like therapeutic about it but um it didn't it didn't bother me and i actually kind of i actually kind of missed the biting gale a little mm-hmm. bit yeah no yeah. i i agree with you um i definitely think that there's a there's room for her in there that's could be better utilized if it's not just let's retread the first one. She has a line in here where um, uh, that was straight out of the first one for me. It's probably not said exactly the same way, but it very much flipped me back to the original where um, Tara and Sam in the punching scene say, like, you wrote a book and you said this, this, and this about me. And um, Gail says, well, someone was going to do it. And she has a line very similar to that in the original. Um, And it's like, okay, you know, I, I get it. You know, there's always that push and pull um, with Scream that, you know, Gail's kind of always wrestling with being like a 100% good person, but always trying to one-up like the press and be the the big star in there. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's always nice to see her in here. She was just a little extra. And there's a little bit of that in here. I did feel like another character that I probably didn't need was Danny. Um, oh, I love Danny. Oh, I love him too, but he also didn't have a big role in here. Like, even before they go into the climax, Sam's like, we don't know you. Get out of here. <laughs> it's like, And it's like, he just, you know, he just leaves. And I get that he's supposed to be like a red hearing. I was like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be Ghostface, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But um, he was a comforting presence in there. He just didn't have a huge amount of stuff to offer in here. I think, I think it was like, Danny was just kind of a cool nod to, um, oh my God, I just forgot his name. Jerry O'Connell on Scream 2. Oh, Derek. Derek, who is just like a very, very nice, lovely, uh, just sweet guy mm-hmm. that our that our lead like deserves to be with. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was nice. It was nice in how I like, I kind of, Okay, this is like getting into the the meat a little bit of it. But um you know, I think this movie is all about subverting expectations. And I mean they kind of tell you that too. Um and I think his character is like a prime example because you know he's supposed to be a red herring. I feel like it's very obvious he is not Ghostface. Oh yeah. I, and this to me the very first time I saw it Ghostface and the motive was very clear to me from minute 12 of this movie. <laughs> like, I went over to my friend and went, know who it is, know why. I knew it was going to, well, okay, I'll get to that in a second. Um, but not only was Danny, like, not Ghostface, but he wasn't even in the final act. He didn't get killed. He survived. Because we're so used to seeing, like, Sydney losing everyone that she loves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I like that there was such a nice little moment at the end. Like this, th- that's why this movie feels different. It's not, it's not following a formula in any way besides, you know, having the final girls live. Mm-hmm. And I think Danny's like a really good, uh, I think he's the character that like makes the subversion theme very obvious to, in my opinion. Sure. Yeah. No, he's uh he's always a warm presence for the most part whenever he's on screen. I'm like, I don't believe that you're your ghost face. I'd be baffled if that was the choice that they went. 
Um, so yeah, there, you know, there is a lot of characters throughout. Um, I actually didn't guess who the killer was and I was kind of kicking myself later that I didn't get it. But, um, you know, I was feeling like Mindy. I was like, I got it wrong again. <laughs> um, who I did love seeing back, who was not extra, call him back to Scream 4, Kirby. Oh, yeah. I felt she was utilized very well. Yes. She was uh, very, very fun to see back on screen. Love her smarmy re- remarks. Love that when she's introduced, her back's to the camera and she's got her feet up on the table. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, she's a lot of fun, and she was always one of my favorites in Scream Four. So I was, I was very happy to see her again. She is my favorite from Scream Four. Yeah, same. <laughs> she was the only like new character that really kind of had any uh, life. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone else was just playing the words on the on the page. Sure, uh, Hayden really like was that role. Like mm-hmm. I felt like a full-fledged character yeah absolutely so i was i was happy to see that and that's where this film actually excels a lot is that it definitely knows where it is in the franchise and it's got a lot of fun callbacks so if you're a real fan of scream and you've seen these movies a ton of times there is so much for you to to pick up on you know you were talking earlier about um michael i think you brought up the the scene where they're sitting around the table and they, yeah, that scene just, I know that, you know, there's the killers in the mix, but that reminds me so much of the schoolyard scene from Scream 1, where, yes, Stu and Billy are killers in there, but you just, this camaraderie between that group of people is just what keeps us coming back here again and again and again. And seeing yeah. that again, I just, when they start smiling and laughing and they're like, we the, uh, what do they call themselves? The what core it, four. The core four. I just, that stuff just makes me smile. And it's like, oh, I love these characters so much. Chad for the, Chad for the win. Probably my favorite character. Yeah. Oh. And, he, and Chad was a surprise for me because it's not that I didn't like Chad's character in five. I just feel like they didn't give him a lot to go on mm-hmm. in five. His character, like his, he had like a big part, but his character was just kind of there. Like, yeah. And that was one of the things that I kind of had an issue with with five as well is their underutilization of like all these side characters, because I I like Liv as a character in five, but she's so underutilized that she's like so forgettable. And then, you know, she I feel like she was kind of unfairly utilized in Scream five. I feel like they could have used her more. And I know that there's like scenes that they cut out of like the original cut in Scream five that had more like development of some of these side characters like that was my issue with five, but my, what I really loved about six is that they took all these side characters and really actually developed them more than they did in five. So like seeing Chad back, like it was nice because it was like, okay, we're getting more of his character. Like I really liked that aspect. I cared about Chad. However, (laughs) here's one of my other issues with this movie going into, I, I just feel like, Chad or Mindy, one of them should have died. I'm sorry. Like, I know that's probably unpopular opinion with some people. I'm, am I glad that they both survived at the end of the day? Of course. But do I feel like, you know, if they're going to go into this new film being like, oh, I'm something different. Like, this is like something you've never seen before. Kill some more core people off. Like, I I think Chad or Mindy should have died. I'm sorry. Like, it just sure. kind of made me feel. It kind of made me feel like the plot armor is getting ridiculous with some of these movies. Oh. It's like 
you can get stabbed 25 <laughs> times and somehow and i know like there's there's actual people that have survived stuff like that I'm, I'm not saying it's impossible but it's just like i feel like when you watch like the first few movies like a character gets stabbed once and they're dead and then you get into like five and six and it's like oh 20 times and this yep. character's still alive and kicking it's just like it, there's like a level of kind of ridiculousness that gets to where it's kind of like okay like there's no way i don't know yeah and it just kind of made me feel like they didn't have like the I don't want to say the balls, but they didn't have the balls, I guess, to <laughs> kill one of them off. And I just kind of felt like that was a missed opportunity. Sure. But well, I, don't know. I think, I mean, I, when I saw it for the first time, I was talking to uh, one of my friends who's also a writer. And I was like, you know, I kind of was expecting um, Chattermindy to die or, you know, Kirby or someone big. Um, like I need, I felt like I wanted that like Randy shock moment from mm-hmm. screen two. And then this is when he like threw back like the, um, the whole subversion. It's like, we yeah. do go into this expecting that. And at the end of the day, I'm like, I kind of like that. They don't always give me what I want or expect. Yeah. And yeah. Those characters I'm not going to lie, like Chad and Mindy in this movie are so good. And with Scream 7, I would miss one of them so yeah. <laughs> much. Um, yeah. And so at the end of the day, I'm glad I survived. And I think it is. And even Mindy says it like at the very end when she's hopping into the ambulance with Chad, where she's like, oh, my God, we all survived. It's a twist on a twist on a twist. And I was like, <laughs> yes, okay. yes, that's yeah, that's yeah. just. And I like that, you know, we had the Dewey shock moment with five and we go in expecting kind of, you know, probably Gail to go or which I never thought that they would kill Gail, but like Kirby, another legacy character. Um, And I really like, I mean, the body count is actually pretty low in this movie for how brutal mm-hmm. and it is and i just think that's such a cool testament to these directors because they built so much tension and like honestly this one's one of the best directed ones it's the best directed one since screen two in my opinion and the fact that you can have a horror movie like this and not kill that many people is kind of cool because a lot of times, you know, horror movies fall back and rely on the kill scenes, which is, you know, what we expect. And there were some very brutal ones. But I kind of, I don't know, I kind of liked that that a lot of people survived. Oh, yeah. Which makes me a little worried for Scream 7. I wonder what to shed. Um, but I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, I... I didn't mind it. I missed the rainy moment the first time I saw it. And then after I got to thinking about it, I was like, no, this is kind of, kind of what, what the movie tells you it's going to do. It's going to subvert. Yeah. And that leads into, and I will say before I jump into my next point, I will say that that's one gripe that I have is that Chad's reveal of him surviving the stab is kind of hysterical (laughs) in that he, uh, yeah, it's so abrupt that, Tara starts crying and they're like, Tara, what's wrong? And she's like, it's Chad. And then we, you just hear immediately, we've got another one here. And then Chad's just alive. <laughs> that was a little, 
that was a little abrupt. It's such a well, dumb, you know, like yeah. you no, know, because he was supposed to die in the original one, and then Wes got for safety him getting thrown into an ambulance just in case. Sure. And Dad was supposed to die in five, and yeah. they got that bit of him in the ambulance just in case, and then. <laughs> subtle nods to like the original because the same thing happened with Julian and two we think he's dead again mm-hmm. and then it's how oh, the fuck <laughs> well and i think they use the exact same line that they use in two as well uh when as soon as uh tara says like chad you hear we got another live one or whatever yep. i think they use the same line that they used in two with dewey when gail's like standing there by the ambulance so i, I did like the like the subtle like homages to the originals and Something else I really quickly wanted to say that Tyler brought up briefly earlier that I just remembered that I wanted to talk about for a minute is I am really actually happy that they didn't mention any of the stab movies in this movie, really. Like the stab movies were never brought up. And I'm really glad that Tyler brought up that point because I was kind of like to that point, too, where I was like, I really hope that this whole stab thing is kind of like not mentioned in this movie because I just feel like we've gotten that so many times in like the last four movies. I'm just kind of like, okay, I'm glad that they, you know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. And I feel like they put the capper on that in Scream 5 with the opening scene with Tara where she's like, it's not about slashers anymore. It's about psychological, the Babadook, hereditary. And it's like, we don't <laughs> we don't need that that aspect anymore. And that actually drives me into the next thing is that this is something I've been seeing online a bunch. And the thing that I wanted to touch on, I'm seeing it with various critics and some people online is that Some people feel like Scream 6 and future installment should ditch the the rules and the the meta slasher element. And I get where they're coming from, but I also feel like if you take that out, for me, Scream is so synonymous with that that I feel like it might not be Scream anymore if that's not there. So what do, what do you guys think on that? Tyler, let's let's go to you with that. Um, No. Then yeah. <laughs> just make a difference. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, the thing that, like, brought me to it and why I still think every single one of them is so relevant is there's such a commentary on film of that time. And I just think each one of them kind of, like, has put its place in history in in cinema like i some of my friends tell me all the time like i can't wait for you to teach like a scream course <laughs> and i i have a syllabus ready to go i would do it yes um, but no you can't do that like and if you can do it surprise me yeah. i i i'm i'm the i'm the movie geek who like when they sit and talk about the rules i'm like Oh my God, this is like why I'm buying. This is one of the reasons why I'm buying a ticket. Like, tell me, what are the rules? I need to hear what the rules are. And if you're going to follow them or not, that's your call. You don't always have to follow them. And, you know, a lot of times they don't. And no, you got to keep the rules. Agreed. Michael, are you on the same page? Oh, I'm on the exact same page because I just feel like that's what makes the Scream franchise the Scream franchise. Like it sets the Scream franchise from all these other franchises. You have your Halloweens, you have your nightmares, you have your Friday the 13th. And I just feel like what's always made Scream stand out is this like meta, you know, um, look at like the horror franchise in general, you know, it's very tongue in cheek. Like this franchise has always been very self-aware 
um to the point that yeah sometimes it's really like cheesy but in the best way like it's so like you know you get the stab movies and yes it's a little corny and cheesy but it's like so fucking good like i just yeah i i agree i don't think we should ever get rid of the the meta aspect and i think like tyler said if you are going to get rid of the meta aspect like do it in a way that's going to surprise us or you know do it in a way that's going to be like i guess respectful to the franchise you know don't Mm -hmm. just like all of a sudden not have a movie like not have a screen film that's not meta anymore because i just feel like that would be like so out of left field yeah and like tyler said it would be just any other franchise at that point um so you know speaking on the rules as we start to bring it on home not while never said like outright that there are always two ghost faces it's something we've always come to expect right and but you know mindy in the rules scene says you know this is a franchise bigger better badder so three ghost faces this time with uh detective bailey quinn and ethan how do we feel about the killer reveal here michael you want to start i yeah, I'll start. Um, I thought Detective Bailey was the one that was the obvious one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was because of like certain lines that he said in the film. Um, like there was one line I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like "you fuck with my family" or something like that. And I was like, okay, like this is do you, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when he says that, I was like, okay, like that's um, Quinn surprised me because mm-hmm. uh, you know they they did a really good job setting up the fact that like she died, um, and I didn't I didn't see Quinn coming. I was back and forth on Ethan, yeah, um, and I think they did a good job like towing the line by making him like you know the red one of the red herrings but also kind of being like okay like maybe he's not because like he wasn't there during this scene or he wasn't there during that scene so i think they did a successful job for the most part um and i i liked the whole three three ghost face thing i thought that was really cool the whole fucking iconic double wipe synchronized i was like (laughs) when i saw that in the theater i like fucking chills i was like oh my god that was the coolest thing i've ever seen because it was just so cool um and like i i really liked it i i have issues with it, it's more logical issues and they're they're easy to overlook just because like i enjoyed this movie so much but we do have to talk about some of like the the inconsistencies with with ethan for starters i kind of was like the whole subway scene for me like i love the whole subway scene but i was like so him and mindy are in a separate car why did he save Mindy's life? Like, I know that's for us as audience members to watch because we're supposed to not, you know, peg him as the killer. But in a realistic setting, why didn't he just leave her on the subway car to bleed out? Like, it's not like anyone else is there to see him, like, do it. You know, Sam's not there. Tara's not there. So what is he putting on this big show for? Like, he goes, he's like, oh, we need help. Somebody help her. And it's like, if he was just there by himself, he could have just walked out of the train and left her to bleed to death. Like, Mm mm-hmm. So just little things like that, that I was just kind of like, mm, you know, um, and then how does Quinn, how is Quinn able to fake her death when there's an entire like New York city <laughs> police department, like coroners, people like that. Like, I don't know that, that was kind of like, but like I said, these are just minor things. Oh yeah. They don't like fully take away from my experience and they don't like, they didn't make me hate this movie or anything. I love this movie. It's, yeah. it's, it actually bumped scream three down. So scream three used to be number three. 
and now scream three scream three scream three is number four and scream six is now number three so i mean i really enjoyed this fucking movie so there we go it was just little things like that but yeah on to you tyler sorry (laughs) i i completely agree with you on the ethan thing like it only would have made sense if another one of them was on the train which wouldn't have been i get why they couldn't have had another one because that person would have been with mindy uh but he could have just gotten off the train and been mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, it was crowded. where did she go? Like, it was very, very easy. Yeah. Um, I do think the end. So the very first time I saw this, um, as soon as Quinn and Tara are in Tara's bedroom and Quinn said, and, and Tara's like, yeah, Sam's all the way up my ass, you know? And Quinn's like, I get it. When my brother died, my dad moved to the NYPD and I went, wow, okay, Richie's your brother and uh, <laughs> dad are co-conspirators. And then as I st- started to see Ethan more, I was like, wow, he looks a lot like Jack Quaid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's always a character who calls out the killer in yeah. every single. And so when Mindy was like, you're top of my list, like get away from me, ghost face. Like I was like, <laughs> it has to be him. Because that's what's so great about these movies. They tell you who the killer is, and then they give you all the reasons why it's not them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there was never really a reason besides him being like, I had econ. And I was like, <laughs> and so I knew it was going to be, I had I had a very strong suspicion it was going to be three. And I like, also, this is a very like minor detail. Um, and it could have not meant anything. I don't know. But like, I... I was looking at like the set deck in certain scenes. And when detective Bailey and Kirby are looking at like all the ghost face killers, only Billy Loomis's picture and Richie's picture are like full photos. And I went, okay. To Richie's family, because Billy's family, like we have Sam and then obviously Mrs. Loomis was the killer in scream two. And I was like, it's going to be, it has to be Richie's family. And who else would have like Richie's phone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. True. I like that I was a little disappointed that I called it so early. Oh, and also another reason why I knew it was Quinn. The only other person that has we've seen their body in a screen movie, but not actually get killed was Roman Bridger. Yep. True. Yeah. They, a scream is never not going to show you a death scene. Yeah. I was like, nope. and i guess i should have picked up on that too because like i i i did say that quinn was surprising to me but i to go on your point tyler i'm glad you brought that up with like her saying that line to sam in the bedroom because i almost feel like what they did was very genius with that because i feel like they almost did that on purpose to make quinn seem very obvious like when she's like oh yeah my brother when he died blah blah blah. but then immediately after that she gets killed so i was like okay maybe it's not her maybe that was on purpose so like for me i was like okay that seemed purposeful so maybe like she, we were supposed to suspect her and now she's dead so i just i kind of thought it was cool but at the same time i guess i should have like realized put the correlation together that yeah roman also did the same thing where it was like he <laughs> um and romans is more realistic to me because there weren't any like there wasn't a full freaking team of police officers and coroners and shit like that around to I'm just still kind of like wondering how the fuck they managed to do that. Like when he's like, oh yeah, just a little bit of prosthetic and swapping (laughs) the body out. And I'm like, I'm not sure that I'm not. Okay. I'm not sure I'm on fully on board with that, how you did that, but okay. I I guess I'll go with it. But 
Yeah. 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 I wasn't ultimately like disappointed with the killer reveals though. Like I, I feel like the killer reveals are like the, like, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of. Um, I feel like the killer reveals are like what most people go to see a scream film for is like, they're, they want to know like what the killer, when they lift up that mask, they want to know who's under it. I just feel like they, they did deliver for the most part. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't, I wasn't disappointed at the end of the day. I didn't mind it at all. Yeah, and the final showdown was a lot of fun, too. I cringe every time I see Quinn get hit in the face with the brick. Oh, God. And, <laughs> and her teeth go falling out. It's just like, oh, oh that's so awful. Uh, and, and, of course, Qu Ethan getting stabbed in the, the mouth Ooh. with the knife, too. He's like, I've always wanted to stick something in you, Tara. And then, oh, she, that... of course, she sticks the knife down his throat. It's just like, oh. And then she says, you're going to die a virgin or yep, whatever. I did right, love yeah. that. <laughs> oh, that was so. And I don't know if you guys got. There's so much Jurassic Park in this movie. Did you guys see that? I think, mm -hmm. yeah. Like the 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 music coming up over the like Paramount logo at the very beginning sounded very Jurassic Park, and then the bodega mm. scene, like the kitchen scene, and then like Ethan jumping at Tara's feet. I was yeah. like Raptors jumping up trying. It, I that's I, true. I, that's true. I definitely got it in the um, the little gas station supermarket area where they're hiding behind all the all the shelves and stuff. I definitely got it there. I do love the imagery of Ghostface with a shotgun. <laughs> like, it was so cool. The um the like very quick cut to Ghostface at the very end before it goes to like directed by. Mm -hmm. I was just seeing a blade wipe, and then it was the cock of the shotgun. I was like, ah, wow, that's really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, so I guess the last thing. So, you know, you get the final showdown with the three ghost faces. And I guess the final thing I kind of wanted to touch on, I was kind of mixed on this in Scream 5. I liked it a lot more in Scream 6. The whole thing with Sam communicating with Billy Loomis and like the premonitions that she has of him. It is to me, my issue with it, with it in Scream 5 was that it is a little bit hokey. It's not like a genetic madness that that Billy Loomis had, you know, he was set off because of what happened with his mother. So it's not like yeah. for me, it's not like she inherits this genetic thing with him. It is a little out of left field that Billy Loomis is just all of a sudden in her head. Um, I did like it a lot more here, but I guess that was kind of the last thing I wanted to bring up. I always love seeing Skeet Ulrich in here. Um, so it's always fun to see him. And it is, you know, a badass moment where she, he's like, arm yourself, just take everyone out now and make it easy. And she grabs his knife and he says, excellent choice. You know, those are fun. Yeah. It is a little yeah. bit cheesy in the way that it was done in Scream 5, but it's better here. What do, what do you guys think about Skeet being back? See, I think the opposite. I think I really liked it in 5, actually. And that's an okay. unpopular opinion because I know that was a lot. A lot of people hated the whole like Skeet Ulrich um like they were happy that he was back, but they didn't like the way like I've heard a lot of people say they didn't like it. I personally liked it a lot. And it goes back to his line in Scream One when he's talking to Sydney on the bed. And he's like, it's kind of like Silence of the Lambs when she's having visions of her dead dad. That's what I always assumed that that's why they did that is because of that like reference. So I was like, it never bothered me. The whole the whole Billy Loomis part in like Sam seeing him never bothered me in five in six it did feel a little bit forced to me i felt like it could have been more so like his voice in her head instead of seeing him there mm -hmm. i just felt kind of like i felt like it was kind of cheesy in six and five okay. it felt 
felt felt good for me in five, but in six, I was kind of like, I know I wasn't mad about it. I don't mind. Like I love Skeet Ulrich. So I was like, this oh, yeah. is cool. Like, but at the same time, I was kind of like, okay, I didn't really think it was necessary to, but I did like the excellent choice line that he says when she picks up his knife. He's like, excellent choice. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I like that. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I really like it. I think, I think with five, I, I mean, when they're setting up the tone with the call at the beginning with Jenna, I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're talking about elevated horror and elevated horror, you know, it's all, it's mostly psychological. And I felt that that was screens nod of being like, this is our elevated horror. Um, okay. Flasher. So I, I thought it was the easiest way to like bring in elements of kind of horror right now, which is like all of this, like haunting and, psychological terror and trauma (laughs) to this franchise without it. Because like, this is nothing new to the scream franchise. I feel like the scream franchise always takes what's relevant in this, in the whatever day and age scream is taking place in. It always um, fits itself accordingly to what the horror genre is doing. And Mm -hmm. I feel like, the fact that like what Tyler just said, like the fact that they're kind of using elevated horror elements in this franchise is what makes it like so different. You know, what keeps the, I like how they keep like integrate, integrate. I cannot say that word, Um, but you know what I'm trying to say? All the aspects of like horror that's relevant to like audience members today, because you get like the old school fans of scream, but then you also get like the new age fans of screen that maybe are fans since five. And so like you're, you're bringing in new audience members by keeping it fresh and relevant to what is going on in horror. And I think that's really smart that they do that too. Cause I just feel like it keeps it like very relevant for sure. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, that's, that's scream six. So I guess we'll just go around, you know, final thoughts on, uh, on scream six, uh, Tyler, what you got, what are your overall wrap up thoughts with uh, scream six? Um, Overall, I think that it was the freshest scream since the nineties. Um, and I, it's, it's very high up in my ranking now. Like it, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. Awesome. I've seen it times in theaters. Hell yeah. Michael. <laughs> nice. I, I did really enjoy it. I, I thought it was, I think this is the most fun I've had with a scream film since I saw scream four in theaters like 12 years ago. Cause like I had fun with five, don't get me wrong, but I just felt like I could, I kind of predicted everything that was going to happen in five with six. I like, I did not predict what was going to happen with the opening. I was like, like, I just went through a flood of emotions, the whole Gail scene. Like when I thought she actually died, I actually cried. Like, I was like, Oh my God. Like when she says the whole line, when she's like, don't tell Sydney, he didn't get me. I was like, mother. (laughs) Um, like there were just I went through a lot of emotions with this movie and that hasn't happened to me in in a scream film since four because I just had such a blast with four um four still reigns supreme still number one for me (laughs) on my ranking um but I did really like six a lot uh six was so much fun I like I know I kind of brought up a couple of issues I had with it but I still at the end of the day really enjoyed it and I was not disappointed so that's the biggest takeaway is that it was fun. It was engaging. It kept me on the edge of my seat. I loved the, all the characters this time around. Like everybody was so well-rounded in this movie. Like even Gail, I know we talked about like Gail didn't need to be in this movie, 
but she still fucking brought it like <laughs> courtney cox is always gonna bring it like yep. and that that the the best scene of the movie is her chasing hands down like for me personally i fucking that scene was like the scene that i was like oh she it's a good one I was like, oh my god <laughs> yeah i was like are they gonna fucking kill her mm-hmm. i was like so stressed i was so stressed i was having a moment <laughs> um but yeah i love scream six so awesome and I agree with you both. Um, this is the most fun I've had at a theater. You know, I talked about Megan being one of my one of my favorites this year. Scream 6 is up there, too. It is such a fun ride at a theater. If you can, it's been out for about a month now, but people listening, if you can go see it in a theater, go do it. It's the best experience you're going to get is seeing it yeah. in a crowded theater with a bunch of people or even just a few people, you know? It's a good story. It's funny. It's got characters that you like, like every other Scream film. And I said this when I posted my initial reaction to Scream 6, that Scream Scream continues to be the most consistent horror franchise out there. Say what you will about any of the films, it doesn't have a dud in here. It keeps us coming back with new stuff over and over and over again. And Scream 6 was so much fun. So excited to see where they go with Part 7. And uh, yeah, I'm glad we could talk about it so to bring it on home before we have you guys promote anything you'd like to promote before we close it out and uh, i realize this is putting you all on the spot but i want to see if we can do it michael i know you and i have talked about this tyler i don't think you've you and i have discussed this i want to know does do you all have rankings for the six scream movies because i know that i have mine so um if you need a second to think about it i'll do mine first and then we'll go oh tyler's got it (laughs) yeah i have mine too and michael's good all right um tyler let's start with you man um the og 96 is always going to be my favorite so i go one two six five and four and three are tied awesome okay michael Um, i know what your number one is (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah um well i also sorry i wanted to bring one more thing up sure regarding my thoughts because i just remembered it and i was like damn because i feel like none of us talked about it and i was kind of surprised the whole shrine scene was fucking amazing. Oh my God. Yes. The whole, like that yeah. was so, Oh my gosh. And I feel like a lot, like it could have been really like eye rolly, like, okay, they're just fan servicing at this point, but the way they did it was so good. And even like the subtle moments, like I loved when Kirby was walking around and she kind of touches Jill's outfit. Mm-hmm. And it was just like such like, cause her and Jill were like best friends and four. Yep. So it's like, I, I felt the pain in Kirby. Cause like, she like felt betrayed. So it was just a nice touch. These little subtle moments, you know, when Gail's looking at the things of Dewey, like the, it was just, uh, uh, I just had to bring that up too. Cause, and you, I mean, I don't know if you want to edit this to make it sound like I just added it. In my oh, no, 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 parts, you're, but... no, no worries. I, you're <laughs> okay. actually reminding me. I love that scene where Kirby and um, Bailey go through the killers, like on the board. And I love that yeah. when they get to Roman, it's like Roman, the only sole ghost face killer aiming high that one or whatever he says <laughs> she says kudos for uh creativity or something yep. like that yeah <laughs> oh it yeah was, it was great um sorry i i, I know that kind of no it's all good it's r- all good i just i just felt like none of us had talked about that yet and so i was like I, that just popped in my head and i was like oh i have to bring that up real oh quick. for sure but, um okay so my ranking i'm gonna start from like my least favorite to my most favorite okay so for me, it's five, two, three, six, one, four. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, mine these days from favorite to 
I never want to, I always say least favorite because I don't want to say best to worst because again, none of them are bad. And at any given day, it might yeah. change. But where I'm at right now, number one, still the OG. I can go back to that movie any day. Um, so I would say one, four, six, five, don't kill me, but three, two. <laughs> I do love I do love two a lot, but two is I've I have such a love for Scream Three these days yeah. that I just I love Roman as a character. Um I don't know what it is. Scream three just ever so slightly just bumped up on my list. I know it's the one everybody gets hooked on. It's like, ah, this is the bad one. Nah, it, I you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there was something that like with two, like, I feel like whenever anyone puts two very low on the list, people freak the fuck out. They like, do. I've, had, I've, I've seen people be like, you put two as number five? What? And I was like, it's just because, like, and I, I couldn't put my finger on it for the longest time, but I feel like when you watch two, it feels like the longest movie of the franchise. It's not that it's boring, mm-hmm. but it, you feel the length of the movie in some parts. Like, I feel sure. like there's some parts of Scream 2 that kind of just, like, drag and you're kind of waiting to get to the... And maybe it's because there's so many fucking good set pieces in two mm-hmm. that you're, like, waiting to get to those scenes. So sometimes the scenes... There are some scenes that kind of drag on. Like, I... there And there's uh, some scenes that I don't like personally. <laughs> like, the whole cafeteria scene. Hate sure. it. I, it's, it's just... It gives me secondhand embarrassment every time I watch it. I don't <laughs> like it. Um... But well, yeah, no. I think that's why three is so much fun for me is a lot of the set pieces. I love when they're walking around on the set of old of Sydney's old bedroom and going through oh, the old house. It's yeah. so much fun. Um, I love the opening kill with um, with Cotton Weary as well. That's a vicious kill. I don't know. Scream three is a lot of fun, but it pains me to put two at the bottom right now because love Mrs. Loomis, but I love Mickey as the the other killer. That dude is so much fun. And his spiel when he's going off about the trial and stuff like that could watch that scene over and over again. That Timothy Oliphant has so has so much charisma and is so fun in that movie that um, you know, it's tough. It could change on any given day, might change when I watch Scream Six again, but the Scream franchise is just flawless to me. <laughs> so, and it's and it's such a testament that the fact that this franchise is almost going on 30 years, mm-hmm. that's so wild to think about that in like three or four years, Scream is going to be 30 years old. That's so fucking insane to me. Whew. But the fact that this franchise is still going on 30 years and we're still pumping out films at a consistent rate and they're so consistently good and they each have like different elements that make them good. And they're still making so much money and it just makes me so happy. Like, it just makes me so happy that like these films are still making so much money and creating still creating such a buzz and people are coming back and continuing to love this franchise. And I just I love it, even with Wes Craven gone like that was I think when five was first announced, I was I was worried because I was like, well, you know, Wes Craven obviously passed away. We're not going to have that Wes Craven touch. And sure, the the last two films are, you know, you definitely feel the absence of Wes Craven, but it it never for me felt like a departure. Like it, oh, it felt very consistent with the other movies. Like mm-hmm. I could watch five and six, you know, if I was like a not a diehard fan and didn't know about Wes Craven's passing, I could watch five and six and think that it was the same director. Like that's oh, just how sure. good and consistent these films are. And just, yeah, just the fact that they keep fans wanting to come back for more. Like, 
there are certain franchises that I'm sick to death of. The Saw franchise can fucking die. <laughs> I'm over. I'm over it. I'm so over it. Like the Paranormal Activity franchise, kind of over it. The Conjuring franchise at this point, like I'm not completely over it. But with Scream, I'm just like, yeah, keep pumping them out. If they're this good, keep going. <laughs> You can make Scream 12, 15, 25, <laughs> 60. Like, as long as they're good and consistent and they have a good story, I'm okay with you keep continuing to make them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I no. agree. <laughs> good stuff. Well, we'll, we will have to uh, revisit this conversation and get uh, Harley from Scream the Fan Favorite involved for whenever Scream 7 drops. Hopefully, we're going to see some more Scream soon with... Uh, Scream the fan favorite. So, Tyler, I know the trailer dropped this week. Uh, it's a great trailer. It's so much fun. I got a warm feeling watching that. It's definitely true to the spirit of Scream. Uh, what's mm-hmm. what's coming What's coming next with that? What can we uh, expect? You guys are sharing out the trailer right now and, you know, encouraging others to do so, which I encourage our listeners to go check it out and do the same. Uh, what comes mm-hmm. What comes next with Scream the fan favorite? Um, we are about to launch um we have to do one more crowdfund campaign to finish the film um and we're hoping to have it complete by like july awesome we'll see uh releasing it if if we can release it then um because we want to try and do a few film festivals. Um, there are some like horror festivals that have like a fan film category. Sure. So depending on their requirements on if it can be released before or after, we might have to hold it for a little bit if we get in. Um, but I mean, hoping sometime in like July or August, it will be complete. And then we'll kind of judge from there when it will be released. But I must say, when you guys see it, just know this was written and made before Screen 6 came. <laughs> no, we got you. I feel like that happens to me a lot, too. I feel like I come up with, like, these ideas in my head. So sometimes like I'm, a, I'm on a podcast episode and the subject comes up of, like, what's your idea of how to do this movie? And I'm like, I'm going to say this on record right now so that it's set <laughs> in stone on my podcast that I did come up with this idea first. Because, like, there's sometimes I just feel like that's such a frustrating feeling sometimes when you come up with an idea and then you see it, like, and you're like, fuck. <laughs> you're like, I'm not the only person that came up with that idea. Damn it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we did. Being very original. And uh, now I, now I'm not. This was made before I knew anything about Scream 6. No, we, we got you. We got you. We are, we are very excited for it. Um, I know Mr. J is not on this episode, but he and I talk about it constantly. He saw the trailer as well. He's very excited for it. So a lot of, uh, a lot of a uh, lot of love for uh, for Scream the fan favorite. We are excited to uh, to finally see it and uh, looking forward to the next crowd campaign. Um, and uh, yeah, everybody go check out Scream the fan favorite on Instagram and all socials and plug the trailer and you know s- spread the word. It's going to be good. And uh, Michael, uh, you want to plug your podcast really quick? You do some pretty cool stuff over there. Yeah. Um- so I am at the We Love Horror Podcast. You can find me on Instagram. I do have TikTok as well. Um, I have a YouTube channel also called Anything and Everything Horror. I have some stuff lined up. I have a lot of Scream-related content that I want to p- pump out on YouTube. And then also I should be getting Tyler and Harley on the show again soon to 
talk more about scream the fan favorite once it comes out once it's released yes i want to have you guys back on i i I mean i would love to have tyler and harley on just for like a just a regular episode as well um we're talking with james too so hell yeah once again yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then uh kevin i have we have plans to uh do a crossover podcast with James from I was a teenage film snob as well. So we'll be doing that soon. So just a lot of exciting things coming up. I'm really, I'm really excited. So yeah, you can find me at the, we love horror podcasts. So hell yeah, that's awesome. Well guys, uh, Michael, it has been a pleasure finally getting to meet you and talk to you, Tyler. It is awesome to reconnect all these months later. And uh, I'm so excited for all the stuff that both of you have coming up and you guys are Good friends of mine, good friends of Midnight Terrors, you are welcome on the show anytime to talk about any film that's sticking in your craw at that moment. And uh, it has been a pleasure talking Scream 6 with you all. So thank you for joining me today. Everybody, thank you for listening to this discussion on Scream 6. This is it for the Midnight Terrors podcast. Uh, Get in touch with us, Facebook and Instagram, Midnight Terrors podcast on both of those. And shoot us an email, midnightterrorspodcast at gmail.com. And uh, Jason and I will be back with more horror talk very, very soon. This is a Midnight Terrors podcast. Catch you guys later. Peace. Peace.